0: 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 navigating life's difficulties and today's subject's on being a wife. And it says in verse 1 of chapter 3, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands. The word submissive in the Greek, the original language, is not just one word like English version, but it has two words. It's to place is the first one and under is the second one. So it means to place under. So Peter's telling Christian wives to place yourselves under your husbands. And in doing this, then there is recognition of an authority structure. There's order. This order is to be honored by the Christian wife. And within the Christian home and within Christian marriages, there is an authority structure. Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians, that the head of every man is Christ, and the man the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. So that is the authority structure. In any Christian home... The highest place of authority is held by God the Father and under him in the authority of Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus, when he came into this world, he did not lay aside his deity. He did not lay aside his equality with God the Father, but he did voluntarily take a position of submission to him related to authority. Yet in our culture, this word for submission is a dirty word. And why is that? Well, it's been so maligned in our hearts, but we have to understand it means to be like Christ. You cannot be like Christ and not be submissive because Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father to accomplish our salvation. You cannot be like Christ and reject the blessing and the virtue of submission when it is asked for and when it's required by God. The only reason you and I as a Christian sit or are listening to this right now at this very time it's because goes, we are saved because of this word, submission. Jesus submitted himself to the authority of Father and came into this world and paid the price for our sins to be forgiven. That is anchored around the word called submission. Also, around this authority structure of Father God, then Jesus, then husband, and then the wife, What we fail to understand that in a Christian home, it's not just the wife who's under submission, but every single human being in that Christian home is under submission. No one is free from being under submission. And understand with God, he is all about order. And within the Godhead, there is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is order in creation. You cannot have order unless there is a clearly defined authority. In a commercial airplane, there is the captain. There's the co-pilot. There's the person behind the radar control in the tower at the airport. But the one who is in authority is that captain. When it comes time to make a decision, the buck stops with him. That is order. And, of course, he has those people who help him, who assist him, who communicate information to him so to help him make the ultimate decision. He is the authority, and that is order. Imagine having two pilots in the cockpit, and they both are arguing on what to do. They just batter back and forth and get louder and louder to exercise their equal authority. I would not want to be on that plane. There's no order because there's no buck stops here authority. And it's the same situation in the operating room. You have the head surgeon, and he has all these others around him to assist him, feed him information, be an extra hand in that operating room. But he will make the ultimate decision with the information he has received to either do this or do that or not do this or not do that. That is order because one person has the authority to make hard decisions in that operation. Every day in life, we have authority and we have submission to authority. But for some reason, when submission is used, it's only for Christian wives in a Christian marriage. But understand, everyone submits to authority. Every red light I stop at, I'm submitting to authority. Every stop sign I stop at, I'm submitting to authority. And praise God for that order that we have. Someone has to have authority, and then someone is going to have to support them in that authority. Be a help for them in that authority. And what happens everywhere in life, the classroom and the courthouse, we take the position of submission every day, and we don't think anything about it. So how is it for us as a society can accept it, view it as a good thing, a necessary thing in life, but when it comes to marriage, we see it differently. Yet two who have ultimate authority in the home will not work. Only one can be. Either it's the man or either it's the woman. Only one. Yet God in his wisdom has chosen that the man is to be the one who holds that position in the Christian family. Now, that that doesn't mean that a husband comes home after work and beats his chest and says, I'm Tarzan, you, Jane. And many times we think that's what God means by submission by a wife. But listen, here's what it means. When a decision needs to be made and a husband and wife are on polar opposite ends of that decision, you talk about it. A husband respects his wife enough to want to hear her heart in this. I want to know why she thinks like that. And equally, she wants to hear my heart in the other direction and why. It's a conversation. And it doesn't always happen in one conversation. It may take 10 conversations, but she knows I'm praying about it. She knows I want to make the right decision before God. She knows I'm listening to her and needing her advice. She knows it's not about me getting my way. And when that time comes that we can make the decision, she'll be okay with that. Sometimes I can make the decision in her favor because I like the input and the information of the number of conversations that we had that she gave me. Sometimes it doesn't go in her favor, but she can be okay with that. Notice it doesn't say she is to submit to all men. No. Both husband and wife are of equal value and equal importance. It is never saying that the husband is of greater importance and value than the wife when he is the authority. It's not saying the husband is a better person than his wife because of his authority. And if you take the military as an example, you can have a high-ranking officer that's not even half the character of a private. Yet they have authority, but in that example, they're not even close to being the better person. So authority doesn't mean you're a better person, doesn't mean you have more value, doesn't mean any other thing. It's just for order. And listen, being submissive doesn't mean you are not an influence or that you don't affect change in the marriage relationship as a wife. You have a very powerful means to affect change. And on that note, understand influence and change is not being a mom to your husband. A wife has to decide real quick that she is not his mom. He's had one of them. He doesn't need a second one. And if you are his mom, how's that working out in the marriage bed? Wives, it's important to be his support. And one of the things men value above everything else in a marriage is respect. You, the wife, value love. And yes, your husband better be giving that to you. As Paul said in Ephesians, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And wives, you need to respect your husbands above all else. Let him lead. It might not be the way you want it to be led, but is it wrong? Respect is so important. Question, ladies. Do you respect your husband? And does he know it? Aretha Franklin sang the song Respect, yet the song was written and recorded by Otis Redding. And Aretha, from a woman's perspective, changed the phrasing. What you want, baby, I got. What you need, baby, do you know I got it? So her wanting respect said, What I got, you want it. So you better come home with respect if you want it. But from the male perspective by Otis Redding What you want, honey, you got it. What you need, baby, you got it. I will do anything for you if you give me respect when I come home. Now, that's influence. That's change. It makes sense, doesn't it? And that's exactly what the Bible is saying. Respect your husbands. And so, wise, be submissive to your own husbands. And even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. You know, speak of how you can have influence with your husband, wives. You will influence your husbands through submission and respect than through any other means. That will affect change in a marriage. Verse 3 says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So Peter gives wives a lesson on how God measures beauty. This is beauty of a wife that wants to influence her husband spiritually. This is just a reminder to the wife that her outward appearance, as pretty as it can be physically, will not influence him as much as her inner life and her inner character. You know, it, with, these, with these women's magazines that come out like Cosmopolitan magazine, they have all these covers to get women to buy it. But you'll never see on the front cover this phrase, how to be a godly woman, or how to be a woman of virtue spiritually. That will not be on the front cover because there will never be an article on that. No, it will be how to be the most sexiest woman to change your husband or to change your boyfriend. How to look 10 pounds thinner without losing weight or exercise. Something along those lines. But they only bring value to the external. Rarely do they address the internal. So Peter is not saying you can't adore yourself like look nice, fix your hair, wear jewelry, not fine clothes. He's just letting wives know this is not what wins over a husband to his wife. It's her inner life and character that does more than that will ever do. But the thing is this, uh, is is so it's not wrong to fix yourself up. As J. Vernon McGee, the old Southern conservative preacher, used to say a long time ago about makeup for women, he said this, if the barn needs painting, then paint it. So he definitely was not against makeup. Listen, the point in all of this, Peter is saying, is that the outward appearance is not to be the main focus of your life. You're not to be duped to think that you are beautiful based solely on your outward appearance like that is all you need to take care of in order to be beautiful. You know, it's interesting. The only time Jesus gave us a description of himself, he didn't describe himself as a tall, dark, handsome man or anything like that. No, the only time Jesus gave us a description of himself, he said it like this, and I'll paraphrase it. Come to me. Take my yoke upon you, and I am gentle, and I'm lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. He describes himself as gentle and lowly. He's talking about his heart, in heart. So Jesus describes his inner beauty as the very thing. The only time he ever described himself, it was the inward thing. And he's calling the Christian wife to do the same. He's actually calling us all to do the same. As Peter said, this is very precious in the sight of God. It's beauty to God. And in verse 5 and 6, it says this, For in this manner, the former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adored themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So the wife... It's the wife saying this, Jesus, I will give you this in this marriage to this man. As the women who were holy and did adorn themselves in submission and in inward beauty and with respect, God chose Sarah as an example to wives. She was submissive to Abraham. And Abraham was a good man, but Abraham was far from perfect. He made a few bonehead decisions. I mean, what Abraham did, if a husband today did that, they would be in the doghouse for years. Hey, Pharaoh, yeah, she's just my sister. You can have her. Take her, put them in your harem. Yeah, that will save my skin. You can imagine Sarah going, thanks, a lot. But she submitted submitted to that. I mean, I don't know how she did, but she did. See, it's going to take faith that you will trust God in all this, ladies. Do good and aren't afraid with any terror that this guy is going to mess it all up with the decisions that he's going to make and me having to submit. Listen, it's going to take faith and trust in God. You're trusting in God and his word and what he's asking you to be more than you're trusting in him. And God will take care of you. He will take care of, take care of you in that respect. And this is what God wants to see. And for those who are watching Christians in a Christian marriage to see and to know this is what blesses your relationship. It's so important as difficulties are coming their way, and they come our way too, trials. But don't let your marriage be at each other's throat, ripping each other, yelling and screaming at each other because of these trials and these difficulties that you are facing. And things like that happen. The strains that come on in life can absolutely be a strain on our marriage. God is watching and others are watching. So understand the strain that can come to a marriage in trying times. Your witness to me, says God, and to others in your marriage is so important to me.